Good morning. Oh man, it is a good day. I am loving the cooler weather, and I don't know if you are, but it is a good day. Why? Because really every day that we're alive is a good day. Every day that we have the opportunity to connect with God and his people is a good day. And that is where our thanksgiving to God should start, when we open our eyes to a brand new day. And so it's really nice to be with you guys here to worship together. And we're going to be in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1. If we are rooted in Christ, then how do we grow from here on? If our life is like a tree, how do we grow up out of the ground, if you will? When Paige and I were uh, in Charleston, and we saw these huge, beautiful trees, 400-year-old oak trees that would grow tall and then kind of arch over these entryways. They were beautiful, but I kind of feel bad for the person that had planted these trees because he didn't get to experience or see the beauty that I got to see, the potential that they grew into. But I'm sure that they were planted with some foresight and possible enjoyment from future people in mind. And that kind of begs the question that we have to kind of think about. Are we thinking about how we want to grow and the type of impact we want to make on future generations, just like those trees made an impact on my life as well? So if we compare our life to something like a tree, we think of the trunk of a tree. That's the first line of defense. It's what everyone sees. It defends itself against predators and natural forces. It weathers the storm. It has a rough, tough bark exterior. It grows up like all of us do. It grows out like many of us do. But what do we see when we cut into that, that bark? When we look down at a stump, that stump, that trunk tells a story. We can count the rings. We can see how old that tree is. We can measure the distance between the rings and see how well it grew that year. Was there a frost, a drought? Did something stunt that tree's growth? Our tree, our life, should tell a story in much of the same way. And even though it may be small, we may just be starting our growth, we need to see consistent growth as a disciple of God's. And so Paul, in verse 2, points out an important detail about his audience, about the people that he is writing to. When he says to the saints, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ at Colossae, grace and peace to you from God our Father. Paul isn't just talking to anyone here. He's talking to the saints at Colossae, faithful saints. And if that's the case, then how do we grow in our faith? How do we make our faith stronger? Because Paul cares about these saints here. He wants to see them grow. He wants to see them be successful in their faith. And as we grow, because we're rooted in Christ, it's our job to take action. It's our job to grow. Growing will not always be easy. We hear the term growing pains all the time. Why is it painful? Because it doesn't come without some sort of adjustment on our part. And in this study this morning, I'm not talking about just any type of growth. Instead, I'm talking about the growth of being a disciple of Christ, growing in Christ. This growth doesn't come without challenges. There will be challenges because we act differently from the rest of the world. We resist Satan because Christ is not Satan's main goal. Is not Satan's main goal for our life. 
He wants to destroy us. And we can't let that happen. So even though growth isn't always going to be easy, that doesn't mean our whole life has to be negative. Because there will be plenty of joy that we can grab a hold of. And Paul tells the Christians in Colossae to grow in two ways in Colossians 1, verses 9 through 12. Colossians 1, verses 9 through 12, he says, And so, from the day we heard... We have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. One of the things I love about Colossians is that we're given so much to work with. Sometimes so much we don't even know what to do with the material. But it's a blessing to have this, to be able to read this, because God is supplying us with more than enough information to work with and to slowly grow over time. And in verses 10 through 12, Paul wants to see Christians do four tasks that help them grow or walk, as it says there in verse 10. That's bearing fruit, increasing in knowledge, strengthened in power, verse 11. Verse 12, giving thanks. But these four tasks are to be be done, excuse me, under a major theme that we see in verse 12. Verse 11, these four tasks are to be for all endurance and patience with joy. These four tasks are supposed to be done on display for joyful endurance and joyful patience. Endurance and patience are almost interchangeable. They're synonyms, in fact. And let's look at the, if we look at Google, we'll look at some of the definitions of these. Endurance, to endure, is to suffer Patiently remain in existence to last the fact or power of enduring an unpleasant or difficult process or a situation without giving way. To be patient, patience, the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without, and this is often the part that we forget when we're practicing patience, without getting angry or upset, or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. That's what Nate and Josh are talking about in class. When they're talking about finishing strong, they're touching on endurance and patience. They're touching on these things. Our culture has taken these words, though, and kind of miskewed the definitions a little bit. Because when we think of endurance, we're not thinking, you know, going through and not giving up. We're thinking maybe pushing through. But yeah, I can push through with many complaints. I can complain a lot when I push through. When we're thinking patience, we're thinking just maybe just waiting waiting and not doing anything, waiting for my popcorn to finish popping in the microwave. We're not thinking of combining these two definitions as Paul is trying to demonstrate in this passage here. Pushing through suffering and difficulties joyfully without getting frustrated or anxious. That's what he's saying. And that understanding gives a whole new meaning as to what we should be doing when we're growing in Christ. Now, the difference between endurance and patience, though, there's a unique difference. Endurance implies follow-through. It implies action. Patience implies emotions and the feelings we have from that follow-through. It's the mindset. And so if we start with joyful patience, 
two of the four tasks are more emotional than you know, the action type. And that first one is growing in knowledge. This isn't just talking about any type of academic or philosophical knowledge, no. What we're talking about, look at the latter half, half of verse 10, increasing in the knowledge of God. This is talking about the knowledge of God. And more specifically, the knowledge of his will, as it says there in verse 9. The knowledge here is gaining of wisdom, both ethically and divine. It's the righteousness that we strive for in God. The knowledge of God that we seek in our life is going to be beyond our capabilities. But you see, the smallest little bit of God's wisdom can dramatically change our life. Growing in knowledge and the knowledge of God is not something that we're going to gain overnight. Knowledge that is learned and applied to our life long term is going to be acquired patiently. It's acquired through the difficulties and the suffering that we go through. And Paul tells us just how deep and how vast God's knowledge is in Romans 11. Romans 11 verses 33 through 36. He says this. Romans 11 verses 33 through 36. Romans 11. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord and who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Understanding the knowledge of God is something that we have to grow into. It's too vast, too deep for our minds here on earth. But it's something that we should try to understand. It's something that our soul needs to prosper and grow in Christ. We gain a deeper insight into how God works when we act patiently. If you think about it, hindsight is gained after we finish a task. And we don't even have to be successful with that task. We could fail and look back in hindsight with regret. But in order to finish strong, we need to know and obey his will. You see, God has our best interests at heart. And if we're going to be patient, we will need, if we're not, we won't have the proper hindsight to see God's hand at work in our life. That's why we need to be patient. Let's think about this for a second. If I want to learn anything, a new skill, if I want to get a deeper understanding of something, we look at children, they absorb so much information. They're like, they're like sponges. And more often than not, when they're learning, they're having fun. If they're not laughing, they're not learning. They're enjoying themselves. And the Lord tells us to do this joyfully. When we are gaining knowledge and wisdom about God, the best way to absorb information is with a joyful heart. Because the killer of knowledge and wisdom is indifference. When we don't care. When we don't care about God. But if we're going to grow as a disciple and in our faith, we have to care about God. And if we care about God, we'll gain that necessary wisdom needed to grow and to be effective for him. If we care about God, we'll obey and we'll keep his commandments. What does Jesus say in John 14, 15? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. A part of growing is knowing you know, God's word, being in God's word. And that is one of the best ways to get to know the God that we serve is diving into his word. And when we read his word and then we observe life and we put those two together, we can see God's hand at work. We can see all that is good and all that is pure and grow in the knowledge of God. 
The knowledge of God is so beneficial to us moving forward. I mean, if you think about it, would you follow anyone into a dangerous situation that you don't know? No. We follow people that we know and we trust, and God wants his creation and the people who love him to get to know him. And the more we know who God is, the more we're going to grow in Christ, and the better decisions we'll make in the future. And all these things run together in a very beautiful and cohesive way, because the more we know who God is, the more he'll strengthen us. We hear this all the time, that life is a marathon, not a sprint. Life is a marathon. That phrase here, used in verse 11, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Strengthened. It implies that strength comes over a long stretch of time after we've made it through the struggles and we've battled the temptations and we've endured joyfully. How do we become any stronger when battling temptation if all we do is give in to the schemes of the devil? Strength comes with every battle scar that is won. And for example, if we look at maybe a strategic game we might play, take chess for example, the strongest players play that game not with haste, not with haste. The strongest players play that game, that game of life strategically over years of calculation and accumulation of God's wisdom. In the end, it's the strong disciple of God's that is joyfully patient. Now, do you know how often that word patience is used compared to today, compared to its use in the 19th century, it is frequently less, significantly less today. If we look at a chart from Google, and it tracks a word through literature and through books, that chart tells us two things. One, that our culture is not very patient, but two, it tells us just how important patience is to our culture today. Patience is looked at in this world as weak, a waste of human effort, but God tells us God tells us that patience is useful, that it's necessary for growth. And then if we compare patience to another more popular word that's, a word that's beginning popularity, tolerance. Now there's many good you know, aspects of tolerance, and we should be tolerant to some degree. But you notice the shift there in the culture? While tolerance and patience are synonyms, there's a key difference. I can tolerate sin. I can tolerate some of the great evils of this world. But with patience, on the other hand, with patience, I have no choice but to tolerate only our own struggles, my struggles. The thing about patience is that patience doesn't take this life for granted. Patience doesn't waste a day. Every day we are patient, that means being joyful, not anxious is a day that we become better, is a day that we become stronger. And when we have patience, we know our limits. We don't rely on ourselves. We don't rely on our own strength, but the strength of the one who created us, the strength of the one that gave us each day to live. We rely on God and his endless strength, the strength we saw back in Romans 11. But we may say, yeah, 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 yeah. But how? How do I have joy in patience? Because it's not fun, it's not enjoyable living a life of patience, not having what I really want, or waiting for my difficulties to end when they never seem to be ending. How does that happen? But the thing is, patience keeps us content. If we're not content, then we're not satisfied with who God is. And isn't a main point supposed to be about increasing in the knowledge of God? 
Let's turn to Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. This encourages us by summing up this idea of growing in the knowledge of God, by being strengthened according to his glorious might, because we are joyfully patient. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Have you not known... Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles and shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Joyful patience takes one day at a time and says, there's better days ahead. Joyful patience tells us God will strengthen us and see us through to the end. Joyful patience says eternity with God is worth the struggles of today and tomorrow. If we don't have patience, then it's impossible for us to endure the difficulties that we will face. Endurance is suffering patiently. Endurance is the action that we take from the patience that we practice. And if we're going to grow in Christ and be that strong tree that he calls us to be, then we have to endure the resistance that will come. And this resistance comes from life. It comes from Satan who holds us back and keeps us from our purpose. And purpose is key there, because that's one of the reasons why we endure, because of purpose. We are people of purpose, people of Christ. We push through the suffering and the struggles joyfully because we have a purpose. There's no point for anyone without a purpose to endure. But there are some action steps that we can take to grow and endure joyfully, and it's found back in Colossians 1, verse 10. Colossians 1, verse 10 Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, bearing fruit in every good work. How do we know what to do? How do we know which fruit to bear? Because we know we've increased in the knowledge of God. And once we've increased in that knowledge, we know which fruits to bear. Fruits are a result of our actions. Fruit isn't produced without some sort of action taken on our part. And in Matthew 21, 18 through 19, if you know this story, Jesus comes up on a fig tree and he notices there's no figs on this fig tree. He says in the morning, as Jesus was returning to the city, he, came, he became hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it but only leaves. And he said to it, May no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. Or we could look at the parable of the talents. Now that one servant has one talent and buries it in the ground and does nothing. nothing. It's Matthew 25. And then the other servants, what do they do? They double their talents because they seize the opportunity that their master gave them. We are rooted in Christ, and that is an opportunity to grow in Christ and to be a tree that produces good fruit. Think about it. Think about how the fruit a tree produces gets its nutrients. Where does it come from? It comes from its roots. The roots absorb the nutrients, and then it takes it through the trunk, to the branches, to the leaves, to the fruit, and the fruit gets its nutrients that it needs. Our identity should be in Christ, and we need to grow into that identity. That means producing fruit in every good work, doing things that we need to be doing. Everything that we talked about this morning 
It's like this child who puts on oversized clothes. We know it doesn't fit, but we also know that they'll grow into those clothes. We're growing into Christ. However, it's not going to come without some sort of endurance. If you have, I know you have your Bibles, but let's turn over to Colossians 1. Colossians 1 again, and look at verses 5 through 6. Notice what this verse here says about God's word and how God's word endures, starting with the second half of verse 5. Colossians 1, verses 5 through 6 says, You have heard before and the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world. It is bearing fruit and growing as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. The testimony of Jesus was spreading. It was growing at this time. It wasn't popular. In fact, it would soon be dangerous to be a Christian if it wasn't already. You have to remember, Paul is in prison at this point. But despite the suffering and the challenges that lay ahead in the growth and the spread of God's word, it endured, and it continues to endure. God never stops making an impact on people with his word, always with his word. Are we going to endure like his word, like his word did, like his word continues to do, and allow it to motivate us to produce good fruit? If we're going to endure and we're going to endure joyfully, then we need to be thankful. The only way that we can attach joy onto endurance is if our thankfulness is in God. Otherwise, we're just suffering for the sake of suffering. Instead, instead we endure joyfully because we're thankful to God. We're thankful for the knowledge that we have of him, the strength that we gain from him, and the fruit that we bear because of him. And the list can go on and on and on. But it should include many of the things that we've talked about, in addition to the inheritance that we will receive through him. In Colossians 1, verse 2, giving thanks to the Father, it says, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Giving thanks is a constant reminder of what should motivate us to endure, and that is eternity with him, with God. We are growing to be better disciples, but if you think about it, we're growing for eternity. Paul says God qualifies us for eternity through Jesus. Through Jesus. The only way we can qualify is if we meet the standards. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 with me in verses 14 through 18. It complements nicely what we've been talking about and shows us some of the fruit that we should be bearing. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 14 through 18. And as you're turning over there, think about a tree again. The trunk of a tree. It acts as this highway that transports nutrients from the roots to the fruit and vice versa. But we don't want anything blocking that highway. We don't want anything keeping us from enduring joyfully. And that can happen if we're not careful. I want you to keep that in mind when we read 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 14. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with them all. See that no one repays any evil for e- anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. When we quench the Spirit, as it says there in verse 19, we're creating this traffic jam. 
creating a traffic jam. That doesn't help our growth. It stunts our growth. If we're going to walk in a manner that is worthy of the Lord, then that means we have to be walking by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit needs to be to our soul as blood is to our body, pumping through our veins. He is the lifeblood that we receive when we are baptized, and that, that is something that we should be thankful for. Giving thanks in all circumstances, as it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. That means enduring joyfully. Then we can continue reading. Look at verse 21. Paul encourages us to endure while producing good fruits. He says, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. What are we producing in our life? Psalm 107 verse 1 tells us, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. We can flip that a little bit. We can flip that and ask the question, Do we have steadfast love that endures for the Lord? Do we have steadfast love that endures for the Lord? In the end, we're all working to be more like Christ. The main point of this study in Colossians is to have our identity in Christ. And this morning, we want to make sure we're growing in that identity. Jesus had to endure patiently. He didn't let anxiety, fear, worry get in his way and cripple him from completing his purpose. Instead, he remained joyful in his endurance and patience. And Jesus wasn't completely alone. He had his disciples. Now, obviously, he didn't need his disciples, but he knew his disciples needed each other. And he wanted to see his disciples grow together. And as we wrap up, look at Colossians 1, verses 3 through 4. It really sums up what we need in order to grow together because we're working together to do these things. In verse 3, we always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since you have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. There's three things that we need if we're going to grow together. I don't know if you see them there, but faith in verse 4. Faith in Christ. Love. Love for the saints. Love for each other, verse 4. Hope. Hope in heaven, verse 5. These things are central parts in growing in Christ and growing together with one another. That is unity. Or as verse 8 says, love in the Spirit. If we can grow together in Christ, enduring joyfully and being patient joyfully, then we can be like a great tree that is pleasing in the sight of God. We can be someone who walks in a manner that is worthy of the Lord. And so we have to ask the question, we have to assess, where are we at? Are we growing in Christ? Are we growing in Christ? Now perhaps this morning, you're going through some struggles, some difficulties, because sin is controlling your life. You don't have to be trapped in that sin. There is a way out through Jesus Christ, our Savior. In Colossians 1.13, it tells us who Jesus is to us. It says, God has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, Jesus, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Sometimes we just want to give up. We want to be done because we're sick of enduring and we can't endure anymore on our own strength and we need the strength of Christ and his sacrifice to forgive us of our sins, to leave the dominion of darkness and be transferred to his kingdom, a family of Christ. And if that is what you desire this morning, we encourage you to come forward and be baptized while we stand and we sing.